Hey, welcome to Faith in Real Life, where we talk about the truths of the Bible that are relevant to your life and faith. My name is Obi. I'm the pastor of Single Adults and Men at First Baptist O'Fallon, and today I'm joined by Bryson McGuire. hey Our student pastor. We don't call it that anymore, do we? We call it first student. It's still student ministry, though, right? I don't know. I have like three titles. You three. can call me like a youth pastor, a student pastor, or... I guess you could say I'm the pastor for students. That's a good way to get lots of titles is you just use yeah. synonyms. But you can so. just call me a student pastor. All right. So uh, we do not have Josh Rink with us today. Hello, hello. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, but Josh is uh, out of town, and uh, he will be hopefully back joining us next week. Uh, so we're going to carry the show today. If God wills, right? God wills. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're supposed to You'd all... have to go back like several podcasts to get that joke, but... Mm. Yeah, especially during, I mean, they can get it during COVID season. We say Lord willing now, yeah. and and that's a biblical thing. So, uh, But also just uh, out of necessity these days, you have to say Lord willing. It's yep. hard to make a promise where you're going to be because you could end up in quarantine. So true. So Lord willing, we'll see Josh back with us next Lord week. Lord willing, you'll see us next week. That's true, too. So. Oh, man. Hey, I'm still kind of immune. So. Oh, yeah, my immunity, it's, it's, it's gone. Done. It's done? All right, over. well, you be careful. I will. All right, so anyway, we should uh, get to this uh, topic at some point. So we're talking about being God-centered today. Last week, we talked about the vision for our church, which is we exist to glorify God and do His will. So that's kind of the the purpose statement, the vision statement, what we want to do as a church, who we want to be as a church, how we want to help people grow into uh, their calling in life is to glorify God and do His will. That That's our very existence. And so now the next five episodes, including today, is kind of how does that play out now? Mm-hmm. And so today we're talking about value one, and that is being God-centered. Um, so just thinking about being God-centered to kind of start the conversation, and we'll talk about uh, modern Christians, mm-hmm. and obviously we're talking about being God-centered, implying that sometimes we're not, right? Right. And so what are some ways that modern Christians have not been God-centered? Yeah, I think, um, so I, first I think to understand God-centered, we kind of have to define God-centered. And so I think there's probably a lot of definitions, and um, I haven't looked ahead, so I don't know what, like if Pastor Doug has a very specific definition he's planning on using. Um, because we're actually recording this before he preaches his sermon. So whoa, peek behind the curtain. I know, my bad. Um, <laughs> but this is a definition we had talked about before we started recording, and uh, it's just that this a God-centered life is one that revolves around uh, the character of God. Then we make decisions based off that. So basically, meaning God-centered is where where God is the core of our life and what we do. Right, like everything we do is motivated. The decisions we make are motivated because God is at the core. Mm. And so I think. One of the traps, one of the pitfalls that a lot of modern Christians have fallen into, myself included in that sometimes, um, is just this religion-centered, like instead of God-centered, right? So one of the things um, that I've just, I've noticed it can be true in my own life and um, definitely as I've like really stepped into serving people more so, um, we get so caught up in these traditions um, and these religious works and these religious things that we do, um, the methodology, so to speak, before the mission, right? Mm. How we do church versus why we do church. Mm. Um, and I think sometimes it's it's just our human nature, right? We 
We love routine. We love consistency. We don't always love change. Mm. Um, and so I think we've, we've fallen into this pitfall trap of tradition and religion-centered versus God-centered. And because the, the reason that's a problem is because religion-centered says um, we do these things because that's the way we've always done them, mm. right? God-centered says we do these things because that's what his word calls us to. Um, and, and that's kind of like the beautiful thing about God is that um, every church gets to look a little different, right? Every Christian gets to look a little different if you're still God-centered, right? Right, Like you, you believe what the word of God says, you hold true to the word of God, um, I'm not saying you can just believe whatever you want and you're God-centered. What I'm saying is, is like, I can be God-centered and use my unique gifts to serve him, right? To live out his calling right. for my life. And so, but I do think that's one thing we've fallen into, not just, uh, not just like as um, churches overall, but like even people. Um, so, so, yeah. so let's put some, uh, let's put some flesh on that. Um, give a, maybe specific thoughts on it. So in my mind, when I hear you talk about that, I think of um, like the old church that mm-hmm. um, when hymns first came out, yeah. how they just pushed back against that, saw those as evil, or kind of the cliche nowadays is that um, churches divide over the color of the carpet. And right. so, um, and, and maybe that's even a dated one now. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of reasons why um, churches split things like that right. and a lot of it stems from people protecting something about the church that's mm. not necessarily the mission yeah, of the good. church and so it, it may be a very um good thing mm-hmm. that they like um but it may not be the mission right. that they're or or even the integri- integrity of doctrine right. that they're protecting is that is that kind of a fair example yeah absolutely i grew up in a church it was Really kind of unfortunate. So very legalistic church in, in a major way. Um, you know, and, and and there was this whole community around this church building that they never once reached. Never once reached. Mm. And um, are we losing subscribers as you speak? <laughs> Sorry, go man. Ahead. I'm just like, I'm ready today, dude. <laughs> I don't right. I don't want to hold back. And so, um, but I'm holding myself back a little bit. Right. But but anyway, so no, we we were in this church, very legalistic in a lot of ways. Um, let's just say this the majority of people who went to the church didn't even live within a 15-minute radius of the church. Mm. Um, and to me, that's a problem. But in saying all that, what what happened was, I think there were some poor decisions and leadership made, hindsight, but they they bring in this worship pastor, and the worship pastor was like, hey, um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna change things, right? He he said that from the pulpit. I remember that as a junior high boy. And he was like specifically, he goes, I know the biggest concern is drums. For that, for you know, for the church I grew up in, that was a big no-no. The drums were of the devil, and and if that's your church, okay, cool, that's great. You know what I mean? Every church gets to be, you know, glorify God and do His will, regardless. Drums are just a methodology. Um, but anyway, so to his fault, the, literally the very next Sunday there was a drum set on the stage, Oops. and you got this church of about two hundred fifty, and literally the very following Sunday, uh, it was half half the people had left. Wow. Over drums. Hmm. And I say all that to say because if you want to attend a church that you sing only hymns and, you know, it's the organ and the piano music and there's no drums or on the opposite side, if you want to go to the church that has the lights and the haze and the, you know, um, electric guitars and all that, like that cool, you know what I mean? Like worship right. God and glorify him where you're at. But I, I say all that to say, like, um, it does happen. It happens in churches a lot, even to this day, everything from, 
you know, the color of the carpet to the style of music mm. um, to things that are so insignificant, right? Like things at the early church, right? The early church didn't have these things, and yet, like, the, the mission still went out and happened. So kind of to your point then, uh, your initial point was, that sometimes we become centered on religion, and what we really mean is the caricature of the religion in our mm-hmm. mind. This is this is what religion looks like, whereas we're not necessarily fighting or splitting or uh, protecting things that are actually God's mission and His importance. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good one. Could you give the definition again? Yeah. Say that again. So Pastor Doug, if you're listening, I'm very sorry if this is not your definition, but... Um, we could have done our research. I know. Oh, we I failed know. here. We do come prepared, mm-hmm. listeners, just so you know. But uh, I said this, a God-centered life is one that revolves around the character of God. Then we make decisions based on that. Okay. Revolved around the character of God. That's good. Um, and we've also talked about the difference because uh, what is God-centered? It isn't just making God a priority. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this, how oftentimes we put God... Uh, we think that if we put him at the top of our priorities, then that's the right thing. Right. Whereas kind of what you were talking about um, initially is that, no, God is the center of all we do. Mm-hmm. So it's not like God's at the top of the list, and then I do all these things and don't include God. Right. No, God's the center of everything we do. Right. Um, so I, I like that. Um, so I just wanted to talk really quick about children mm-hmm. um, and uh, training up our children from the famous Proverbs 22, 6, mm-hmm. uh, which my translation doesn't say train up the child in the way it should go. It says, start a youth on his way. Even when he grows old, he will not depart from it. And so a lot of people know that it's a famous verse. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just begs the question to me, what are we actually training our children? And so if I go through... Um, if I go through my my kids' childhood mm-hmm. and I have shown them by my actions that um, their sports are more important or their band is more important or even right. their homework is more important than God, then there's no question what I'm training them. Right. Um, I, I'm training them that worldly success and these types of things is more important. And it doesn't have to stop there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're asking this question, what are some ways modern Christians have not been God-centered and so oftentimes we make other things, and specifically mm-hmm. I'm talking about children, mm-hmm. we make other things the most important thing for them, mm, um, whatever their strengths are, right? Yeah. You may have one who's really athletic, and so, hey, this is going to become the center of your life. You mm-hmm. may have one who's musically gifted, academically gifted, right. whatever. Whatever it is that becomes the center of what you train your children on, mm-hmm. whereas we know when Proverbs twenty two six says that to to train up your child, mm-hmm. they're saying in God's ways right. that that's the way they should go. Right. So then I wanted to also expand beyond that. It's not just our children, but it's our own passion. Mm. So I wanted to read really quick First Timothy six verses eight through ten, and it says, "If we have food and clothing, we will be content with these." But those who want to be rich fall into temptation, a trap, and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge people into ruin and destruction. Now, I want to start this off by saying, you know, I'm not anti-capitalism at all. (laughs) Um, In fact, I think it's a good thing, and and Scripture's clear that it's good for you to work with your hands and Mm -hmm. and make a living, lead a quiet life. Uh, Those who don't work shouldn't eat, right? Mm -hmm. These are biblical concepts. So it's not saying that, but it is talking about what has your heart. So verse 10, though, says... For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil, and by craving it, 
Some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with, selves with many griefs. Mm-hmm. So it, the love of money, and Scripture specifically says money there, but I think you can insert whatever that's not God, right? right. Uh, like in Romans 1 where it talks about essentially idolatry, anything mm-hmm. on earth that we exchange for God, um, these type of passions, mm-hmm. these types of desires, sometimes even good things like, yeah. like, hey, I want you to do good at your job. I mm-hmm. want you to get a good education and be financially responsible. And, hey, I hope you have a nice vehicle and a, a warm home, and, right. and I hope all those things. But if, if I crave those things mm. instead of God, yeah. if those things become the center of my life instead of God, this says you've wandered away from the faith and pierced yourself with many griefs. Hmm. And the issue is that while we pursue all these other things, those are going to leave us unsatisfied. Mm-hmm. They just are. Yeah, uh, if, if I think my satisfaction is going to come through a job, even through a relationship, mm-hmm. uh, I hope people have great marriages. Right. But your ultimate identity and satisfaction is not in that other person. If you're seeking another person to complete you, um, all due respect to the movie Jerry, Jerry Maguire, Maguire, right? Not related to me in any capacity. <laughs> I never pieced that together. It's spelled differently, actually. Is it? Yeah, oh. he's just like Maguire... But it's pronounced anyway. Sorry, everybody is smarter now, so <laughs> we're glad to have known that. Um, but if we're looking for another human to complete us, right. then I think this is right. We're going to be pierced with many griefs mm-hmm. because uh, a human being is never going to be our full satisfaction. Neither is a job, right. uh, a perfect amount of money. I mean, we see it in Hollywood. How many people um, are going to drugs or mm-hmm. um, or even in their lives because they're not happy? Right. And it's like, yeah, because you're not. Trying to satisfy it with the proper desires. Yep. So we've wandered away from God, yep. and if we wander away from God, don't be surprised if you find grief. Mm, that's a good word. All right. So let's go on to the next one. So we've kind of talked about how we've failed, but we want people to do this, and so oftentimes to do things, we need to see it as important. So why is it important to be God centered? Yeah, I think. I think even just going off of what you were just talking about with children, right? So one of the things we see in youth ministry is we got a lot of teenagers who feel um, unfulfilled in their lives, um, mm-hmm. which is crazy that it starts even that young. And I'd imagine they could even go younger than that. There's this sense of stepping into purpose and identity and uh, calling, right? Like, why am I here? Right, like, why am I here on this earth? And I think that's part of why we do see such um, high suicide rates in teenagers because they're in that stage where they're really wrestling with what is my purpose? Why am I here? Why do I exist? All these yeah. different things. And I think what's really important is you know that like kind of again going off what you were saying, like what happens so often in teenagers and students and children is they do they're they're really good at something or the parent wants them to be really good at something, right? right. Yep. And, you know, wants to have better for them than what they had, you know, better college opportunity, better career opportunity, better better car, better mm. clothes, better, you know, home, whatever it is, it is. And so those aren't bad things. It's not bad to want more for your children. But one of the things I tell students all the time is like, hey, I don't want you to quit basketball and I don't want you to quit, um, you know, your violin lessons. And I don't want you to switch schools necessarily, you know, unless that's what you're supposed to do. What I want you to do is I want God to be the motivation. I play sports to glorify God. 
I, I, I do this club in order to reach people with the gospel, right? I go to this school to be a light in the darkness, right? I, I, helping students see that they do what they do for a purpose. And mm-hmm. one of the things I tell them all the time is I'm like, hey, you are here on purpose for a purpose. Like God does have a plan for your life. And so, but when the trajectory of your life is I am the music person or I do sports, that's what your identity so I have a um, a guy I went to high school with. He was my age, and um, just a few months ago, he uh, he committed suicide. Mm. And you know, when I look back at his social media, you know, my heart hurts because I feel like there were some signs. You know, I just I'm not on social media a lot. I don't know if I would have really caught it, but and I don't you know carry that guilt or anything. But one of the things I, I noticed about him just after high school and growing up was he was a he was a football guy. He was really really good at football. He was quarterback. He's very talented, very athletic. Um, and what you see is he never moved on mm. past football. He just never did yeah. um, his whole identity. And so what he ended up doing was he ended up self-medicating through girls and through drugs and alcohol. And eventually, mm. I think, you know, he he overdosed and he took his own life because he, he never could as a 27-year-old. He could never get back to that moment when he was 16 playing high school football. Yeah. And I'm not blaming, please hear me, like I'm not judging parents or people or him. I'm just saying when when the trajectory of your life is that when it's taken away from you, um, because when I think when we worship things more than God, I think he removes those things from mm-hmm. us. But we feel such a loss of identity. Um, and so I, I say that because if there's any student, parent, young adult listening, understand that your purpose right is to glorify god and do his will kind of like what we talked about last week um but it's important because ultimately that is your highest calling is to be be god-centered and if you're a person that you can make god the center and core of your life then it doesn't matter what you do right it doesn't matter where you live it doesn't matter what you what your job is what school you go to um what your hobbies are the the friends you have i mean those things are good and important don't hear me wrong but in a sense, it doesn't matter because your motivation for all those things is God. Right. I just think that's really important. So when we think about uh, a guy like in your example, exactly what First Timothy 6.10 says happened, right? That he was pierced with many griefs. Mm-hmm. I mean, to get to that point, he's pierced with many griefs. And so that's a warning to parents right. or to anyone. So, so I'll say it to parents first. To parents, if you are showing your children that something is more important than God— then I'm going to tell you they're going to believe you. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to find out, but this still doesn't satisfy me. Right. And if that doesn't satisfy me, nothing can because this has been the center of my life. Mm-hmm. And so what a hopeless existence. Right. And so that's a warning to adults as well that whatever you think is going to satisfy you other than God is wrong. Right. And so in Romans chapter 1 that I was just talking about a second ago where it talks about idolatry, and it says there's three different times where it says people who don't know God exchange God for something else. They mm-hmm. wanted something else, so they they say, I'm going to push God aside, and mm-hmm. I'm going to take something else. And all three times it says God gave them over wow. to it. So so whatever it was, or, or, or even other things, God may give us over to that, mm-hmm. and then we find ourselves in a situation like 1 Timothy 6.10 that I'm pierced with many griefs because 
man, it doesn't give me satisfaction. Right. So Bryson, you said a lot about purpose. Yeah. And so what comes to mind is Isaiah 43, 7. I think I quoted this last week. I think I said it was Isaiah think, yeah, 4, 7. Yeah. It's actually 43, 7. No, it's all good. Uh, but it's everyone who bears my name and is created for my glory. I have formed them. Mm-hmm. Indeed, I have made them. Um, we're created for his glory. Yeah, that's like, good. That is the purpose. Mm-hmm. And if we show our kids or if we believe ourselves mm-hmm. that there is something else that will satisfy, something else that will prov- provide purpose, then, man, we're missing this, honestly, most important truth. Yeah, and yeah. it's a truth. It's a truth in Scripture. Right. You look like you're going to say something. No, nope, okay. no, nope, right. nope. sorry, I'm just correct. Like my hair is falling in my face. So, <laughs> hey, you at least have not karate chopped your microphone. This I have week. not. So man, that's good. It is good. I'm yeah. right now. I'm worried that I'm and going to. People can't. Yeah, people can't see you, but uh, you have been amped this morning. So I'm worried well, I'm for anything. In your I feel arm. like I held back on this podcast. All I feel right. like I had a lot to say, and I feel like I just got the Holy Spirit like over my mouth. Like, no, not not yet, bro. All right, holding back, uh, but still giving a lot of good stuff. Um, so yeah, good conversation. So. We're we're talking about why is it important to be God-centered. And so um, the first th- thing that I would say is purpose, but right. the second thing I would say is it's lasting. Mm. Um, oh, so wow, that's good. First Peter chapter 1, verses 24 and 25 says, For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. Mm. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that we that was proclaimed to you. When we think about what lasts in this world and all the different things that we pursue, yeah. um, they don't last. Even mm-hmm. the best of it is like the, it's even less than life. Mm-hmm. When you compare our life to grass and then the best parts of life to the flower of grass, mm. the flower withers before the grass dies. Right. And so the best parts of our life are a smaller portion than our small life. Mm. And that's not to discourage people. Yeah. That is to say... The word of the Lord Lord endures forever, and this word is the gospel that was proclaimed to you. It's all about Jesus. If yeah. we make our life, if we center our life on anything but God and his gospel and his son, Jesus Christ, then, man, it, it fades. Mm-hmm. It doesn't last. It's not our purpose, but yeah. it also it, it won't last. You can't take whatever the most successful achievement of this lifetime is, uh, humanly speaking, not taking it with you. Yep, It's going to fade. Um, even the stuff... Like, let's say you build a magnificent house. Someone else is going to live in it one day. Yeah. They just are. You can't take it with you. Right. Well, anything else you want to add on this? Yeah, just I really like that word of just the internal impact, you know. And as as Christians, what is one of the greatest things we can do is to not just live in this world, but to impact eternity. Mm. Um, and I think that starts with us pursuing things that matter, right? Like having our daily devos. Um, time with the Lord, right, mm. through prayer. And there's all kinds of uh, other creative expressions, right? Like I love worship music. So anytime I'm in my car and I can, I'm playing worship music because I just enjoy that time um, with God. But also thinking about two other things, right? Um, well, really one thing, but the, I heard a pastor once say, the only thing on this earth that's eternal is people, right? Mm. And so the world's going to fade. Everything in the world's going to fade, but people will remain. Um, and people have an eternal destination. And so Invest parents, right, like, Send like project eternity into your child, Amen. right? And then for the people who are surrounded by lost people, that person has an eternal destination. Yep. And you know, when you're God centered, you're gonna see those people, your children, your family, and the lost people around you, um, not from the lens of this world, but from the heart of God. And you know, 
I don't know. Like, I think that what's going to change the world is, yeah, us, us sharing the gospel, absolutely. Us us inviting people to church, that's great. Um, but people also need to see us live it out. Your that's children right. need to see you put yep. God first. Well, may, I should send that back. Not necessarily just God first, but God-centered. Yep. Um, and the people around you, they'll notice something different. When you when your when your message and your life line up, it'll make a difference. That's it right. matters. Because we need... We do need to not just have God as priority, but as the center. Yeah. And honestly, not just the center of our actions, but we need to be God-centered. Because yep. when we think, I think of the old saying, what would Jesus do, right? Mm-hmm. That's a behavioral comment. Right. Whereas we really want to think, and and I think God wants all of us to think, what would God care about? Yeah, ooh, that's and good. So, so what is my heart centered on? And yeah. if it's not him every day, then turn to him. Yep. Right? It's that's not good. that, oh, I wish I were. Okay, we'll pursue him. Uh, pursue God, seek to live for Him, because we do live for something greater than uh, this world. Mm-hmm. We live for Jesus. Amen. And so just encourage everyone out there, don't just make Him a priority, make Him the center of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks for listening to Faith in Real Life. Don't forget to subscribe and share with someone who needs a little faith in their life. And if you're in the O'Fallon, Illinois area, we'd love for you to stop by and visit one of our church services and a small group, which we call Life Groups, in person or online. You can find out all the details about things happening in our church through social media and at fbcofallon.org. That's fbcofallon.org, and we'll see you next time. 